Hey, Stripper Whispers, this is Corey Michaelis with my live stand-up comedy tour dates. If you don't want to hear them, hit 30 seconds forward twice and 15 seconds backwards once. I will be in Spokane, Washington at Spokane Comedy Club May 12th with Chad Daniels, May 13th through the 15th Tacoma Comedy Club, also with Chad Daniels, May 23rd, also Tacoma Comedy Club, but with Mr. D. Joe Dombrowski, then I have about a bunch of time off before I go to Dubai, June 24th through the 30th. Uh, come see me live, subscribe to the podcast, click five stars and give us a review. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Hello and welcome back to Stripper Whisper, the podcast where I get behind the G-string and interview strippers about their lives outside the clubs what it's like working in the clubs and how we can all be good customers in their space and spaces. Today, we are virtual again with Sage from Portland. Hi, say hi, Sage. Hi. Welcome. Glad to have you. Um, the episodes are interesting all by their lonesome, listening to you talk about your life. But uh, sometimes audiences want to put a face to the voice. And if you want to do that, check out Sage on Instagram. It's Little bit of sage, but with a period between each of the words. So a little dot bit dot of dot sage. And uh, also on our Patreon page, uh, we have the video of this episode plus some other bonus content. And uh, at some point in the interview, you might, you're going to go, oh, I want to I want to give this lady money. She is <laughs> awesome. So you could do that on Cash App or Venmo at little bit of sage without any periods. Little bit of sage something must have happened to have you because your instagram has dots in between and the other stuff doesn't something must have happened what happened there's got to be a story <laughs> so i mean and i've dealt with various forms of this a lot but um instagram is constantly changing its um terms of service and they're constantly purging strippers and other sex workers and Actually, when I was still quite a small account, I experienced an internet purge. And one day I tried to log in and my Instagram was just completely gone. Oh, um, it worked out well in the end because a lot of my friends kind of like shouted me out and suddenly I had a bunch of growth. Um, I have since experienced shadow banned and my growth has stopped like, I don't know, maybe like a year ago, actually. Hmm. Um, but it's okay. I got, I got the people that I needed. All right. Well, there you go. Good. Well, cheers to that last part. Not the rest of it, but cheers to that last part. A little liquid courage for me. I have vodka and I put a little seltzer in it, you know? <laughs> and uh, you got Maker's Mark, like uh, someone a little tougher than me. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, love I whiskey, but I wait, you know, I don't know. I struggle with uh, whiskey early in the day. That'd be a problem for me. Whew. Yeah. Glad to, glad to uh, like I said, meet you virtually before we started because we uh, we haven't met, uh, right? That's okay. All right, okay. How I did mean, you hear... I've heard of your podcast, though. Okay, so how did that happen? Um, I actually am not sure anymore. Like, probably it popped up <laughs> because of other strippers following it or something like that, but yeah. Right. Uh, we've, you know, we've interviewed a number of Portland uh strippers initially because the first season was all in-person interviews because this mm. wasn't really a thing i mean i probably could have figured out how to do it virtually but it wasn't uh in the like zoom wasn't in our lexicon uh right. you know a year and a half two years ago and so it was kind of hard to get interviews i had to be like in person asking women to like hey can you come to my hotel room <laughs> <laughs> uh, for an interview and they're like sure you have a podcast in your hotel room i'm like i swear to god i do <laughs> um, but i sent uh, my first the first interview we released it wasn't the first interview i did but was with uh l stanger from portland uh yeah. the stripper writer and um she connected me to a bunch so yeah i bet you there's like a that whole you should follow or people you should know kind of thing so well also in portland like we're a small town in general. Like, I I joke that like the entire city is just seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> but like, then you have the sex work community, which is a smaller community within Portland. So like, everybody knows everybody. Yeah, 
Yeah, so you probably know, like, Saint Sasha is someone who's a mm -hmm. friend, and she's been interviewed and stuff like that. So where, in, uh, in Portland, um, how, how long have you been there? Have you always uh, stripped there? What's your, what's your relationship with Portland? So my relationship with Portland is actually, uh, it's pretty interesting. I came here just a little under six years ago because I was escaping Florida and I was escaping an abusive relationship. Okay. Uh, so Living Portland, in Florida? <laughs> was that yes. the abusive relationship? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry well, to laugh about it. but No, uh... that's fair. I mean, it was both. It was a person and a state. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and my life has just kind of been on the upturn since then. I call Portland kind of my new lease on life. Wow, um, cool. Yeah. And I didn't start stripping until just a little under two years ago when I just had given up on a lot of other things and I had always considered stripping. But yeah, so I'm, I'm technically still a baby stripper. A baby stripper. I've heard it, the phrase, like a legitimate, that's what you call yourselves. That's fun. And you, so um, in Florida, you didn't uh, no. dance or strip. And you literally, yeah, you've you've come up in in life in the United States, you're much higher uh, physically and mentally. <laughs> Florida, I've never been. Uh, and I actually, I mean, I have designs on go. There's so many fans of, I do stand-up comedy. I don't know if you know that. Right. But uh, there's so many fans down there because I did like a clean comedy special. So there's like all these Bible Belt fans that I'm like, oh, I do I want to perform for them? Or... <laughs> But they yeah. keep yelling at me to come down there. And um, and then recently, there, this guy had an idea for a TV show called Florida Man, where they're like... Yes, I love Florida Man. It's, so it's like the idea of like... So you're going to... You'll maybe enjoy... The idea is true crime. Uh-huh. But you actually meet these Florida Man people if he can make it happen. So he invited me to um, help him like right for it a little bit. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, but yeah, Florida. I absolutely love that idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, because Florida, it is, it is a shit show. Um, and I kind of hate it. Um, <laughs> so like, I love hearing Florida man stories. I collect them. Um, yeah. You grew up there. You uh, just were there for a time or. I, I grew up there. I was there my entire life until 22. Gotcha. And that yeah. was, and, uh, and then you moved to Portland. Now that's like, I mean, that's a big move all the way across the country. Did you have, uh, what was your, what would you say the reason you moved to Portland is? Well, so I had, you know, I was getting towards the end of the abusive relationship and I just kind of got to this point where I was like, you know, like there's nothing here for me. And also like, I haven't done the like things that I wanted to do with my life. I hadn't gone out and experienced the world really. Um, and I had traveled a little bit. I had traveled the East coast a little bit and I basically just wasn't impressed with anything on the East coast. <laughs> Middle of the country was out of the question. So that left the West coast. California felt like it was going to be more Florida. Um, and so that basically left Seattle and Portland and Seattle felt like it was going to be too big. So I just up and picked Portland and yeah. Wow, look at that. That's uh, yeah. I guess when you uh, when you explain it that way, it does really shrink the country <laughs> uh, <laughs> in terms of your options uh, or or mine if I were ever to move. Um, except that right now, a lot of people are choosing like Austin, uh, who are comedians, yeah. which I think maybe could work for me, or Chicago. Uh, those two places that aren't that aren't the coasts could maybe work for me, but that's about it, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, well, great. Well, we're glad to have you in the Pacific Northwest and uh, our wetness up here that we, a different type of, uh, I mean, there's like what the humidity in Florida, I assume. And uh, Oh, it's insane. And people around here don't get it at all. Um, the first week I was here, it was like record highs and everyone was like, it's so humid. And I looked up the humidity and it was like 40% humidity. And I called <laughs> my mom and like, told her about this and she was like that's the point that i turn off the dehumidifier at is when it gets down to 40 percent. that's good that's low end for you that's us freaking out and yeah uh, 
I did, uh, I went to Dubai. I've never been to Florida. Dubai was like 105 and like near 100% humidity. I couldn't walk outside. Like I couldn't handle it for more than two minutes. Um, yes, yeah, so it's nice and crisp uh, up here. So that's why our summers are so amazing. And uh, is it sun it's sunny in Seattle today? Is it sunny in Portland? No, it's pretty yeah. cloudy. I mean, it's not, it's not Portland cloudy. It's like, it's like, <laughs> There's a moderate amount of clouds. Right. Like that Portlandia scene where they move their uh, lawn chair. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but they move their lawn chair like 50 feet this way to get the sun in the park. It's fun. Yeah. Um, you guys are, yeah, you guys are very similar to us uh, in a lot of ways, but the thing, you're warmer tra traditionally and a little bit less rain. So uh, I could use, I could use that. Especially <laughs> <laughs> this last year. I'm a, I'm a golfer, so I, I like the. I like it to be as if I couldn't get more white. Uh, I like it to be uh, I like to be nice and sunny. Out. Um, I love Portland. We love Portland. Where are you comfortable talking about where you uh, started working and where you currently work? Uh, in oh, Portland? yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, it's funny. So my first club was Hawthorne Strip and I'm still working there. Um, if anybody hearing this is in Portland or coming soon, I do every Sunday night. Um, yeah, like I have to go out of town to not do Sunday night, essentially, um, which isn't happening a lot thanks to COVID. Right. Um, but uh, I started out at Hawthorne Strip, um, which is it's a great starter club, but also it's just a really great club. They have like they have like a family friendly vibe and not family friendly, but they're like friendly. <laughs> wow. I heard that. I heard that. <laughs> it's like people, like there are a lot of strip clubs that are very catty or have like mm -hmm. a lot of drama. That's, right. that's not the vibe there. And that's part of why I stayed. Um, and I also have bounced around to like five or six other clubs. Um, but for now I've narrowed it down to Hawthorne strip. And I also work at pirates Cove, which is an adorable little, absolute hole in the wall okay i haven't i haven't been there uh uh hawthorne strip is uh it's on hawthorne if uh not know. anymore oh it moved wow yeah like about six years ago which is funny because it moved like right before i moved here oh, um funny. but yeah it's on powell now um oh. which people all the time are like why is it called hawthorne strip and i'm like well it was on hawthorne originally and what's really fun is we get these regulars who are like, they're like, yeah, I've been here since the original. It used to be a hallway. Oh, funny. That's because that's, uh, oh, wow, six years. I mean, that's how I'm not up. I am it because it used to be right by the comedy club, Helium Comedy Club, I think, um, on that. But isn't, I'm, uh, maybe, okay. isn't Hawthorne, aren't Powell and Hawthorne on opposite sides of the river or am I wrong? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Powell is okay. also a, um, directions are hard east west street just like hawthorne so they're kind of like parallel i see okay okay so it's Powell is just more south got it cool well there you go go ahead, check it out if you're in portland we probably have a bunch of portland listeners i'm, I'm sure and uh so you get you start working at a family friendly <laughs> family friendly uh strip and you're like <laughs> what do we do we don't we put our clothes back on i don't get it um so, uh <laughs> And that's, that's good. I mean, I mean, obviously that, so that, did you just get lucky and end up at a place that was like, I mean, I, I think most Portland strip clubs are relative to maybe the rest of the country, a little less, um, a little, maybe a little less catty. I don't know. Uh, for that's sure, more, I mean, I think it depends on the area, but I've definitely heard about other areas in the country where it's like, it's really rough. Um, yeah but uh how i ended up at my family friendly establishment was um i was i was absolutely terrified of stripping for whatever reason i like had all these insecurities about why i wasn't gonna be good enough or something like that mm -hmm. and so eventually i this is gonna be a little embarrassing i paid uh, another stripper who had some experience for a consult and like asked her all this stuff and one of the things i asked was i was like i know a lot of like pretty much all of them are like no experience necessary but like let me tell you some clubs you're probably not going to get in if you don't have any experience unless you're just some amazing dancer because you have like a ballerina background and you're also super hot 
But so I had lots of questions. And one of them was like, where are some clubs that might actually hire me? And um, I don't remember all of the places. No, maybe I do remember all the places. But ironically, both places I work now were places that she recommended. And um, I, I think I had already been to Hawthorne Strip once as a customer and like liked the vibe. And Pirate's Cove I went to when I was checking out all the strip clubs that I had been recommended. And there was this girl who was working there and I actually, I can't remember her name now, but I've interacted with her since. Um, and she just like was doing these amazing pull tricks. And I also like, I don't know, I just felt uncomfortable and I was like, I don't think I can work here. So I ended up uh, contacting Hawthorne Strip first. And that's, I, I told them I was willing to do day shift and they were like, come in on this day. They didn't even have me audition. They were just like, please show up. And I was like, okay, I guess that's what we're doing. Oh, funny. Yeah, day shift must be very, because um, especially because there's so many clubs in Portland and mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, um, I don't know what the ratio is of like, the amount of people who want to dance or strip say amount of clubs, but you can probably go, Oh, you don't have night shifts. Let me try this place. Yo, you don't have night shifts. Let me try this place. So as soon as you said day, uh, makes sense. Cause not, and then that's the other thing. Uh, a lot of Portland strip clubs are open during the day. Whereas like around the country, some don't even open until, uh, four five, six o'clock. Oh, I didn't even think about that until now. Yeah, they don't, uh, they just don't, they just don't even open their doors because they wouldn't get any customers unless it's like the weekend maybe. But uh, but most Portland strip clubs, from my experience, are open during the day and serving uh, food and uh, all that shit. Is that, yeah. uh, is that how it, it is at Hawthorne? Absolutely. Uh, every place has to have food. We kind of, so we have a taco truck attached to our back patio mm. um, and it's actually pretty good stuff. Um, unfortunately our food vendor is not there during the day, which I know because I've worked enough day shifts. Um, and then they just basically have like hot dogs and like chips, but like not, not as many people are in and specifically wanting food from a strip club during the day. So it works, but I've definitely sometimes had to swallow my pride and eat some hot dogs, at least have a (laughs) kielbasa, but you know, it is what it is. I can rock a kielbasa, hot dog. I just, I think I've, it's like I'm down. I'm, I'm, uh, used to be baseball games and camping. Now I'm down to just camping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Most baseball stadiums have like upped their game a little bit with the food. But, uh, well, that's it. Uh, that's cool. That's great. And so you just like hit the ground running. And, uh, were you, when this, when you were consulting the stripper, was it about, was it like an interview of her uh, or was it like, help me dance? I uh, no, it was like an interview. Like I sent her a bunch yeah. of questions and she answered uh-huh. them for me. Gotcha. Like I was concerned about, oh, I don't really, I still to this day, I don't really do makeup and I sometimes get comments on that and people will be like, you, cause I, I do wear makeup, but I, I don't do the crazy makeup that other girls do. They'll be like, and you're wearing no makeup. And I'm like, I am wearing the most makeup I have ever worn in my life, <laughs> sir. But I felt like I couldn't dance because I don't really do makeup. And like, I didn't even know how that well back then I've gotten a little better. Right. Uh, I, uh, I felt tutorials. like I didn't have <laughs> some of it's just practice. There you go. Um, uh I, I also like didn't feel like I could dance very well and like that was going to be a problem I had some other little like insecurities and also I wanted to know things like I said like where am I actually going to get hired and right. um one of the things that I wanted to know about was like how do I keep my stuff safe and I actually and it's right down there if you want me to show you for patreon but she recommended that I get essentially what's a toolbox. She called it a waterproof bag. It's a toolbox. I bought it at Home Depot. Um, <laughs> but like you can get this waterproof bag. I'll send you a link and they're lockable. And she's like, not only can you lock up your stuff, but then no one can spill their drinks on your stuff or whatever. I and for a while heard. I was known for my toolbox since COVID hit and I've gone back. <laughs> I've given that up. It's just not worth it, especially because I work at clubs where girls aren't catty and aren't like trying to fuck up your shit or steal your shit. 
So yeah, 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 yeah. If you if you can hold it up, that'd be amazing. That I hadn't thought about that as being um, something to be concerned about, but. Um, I have seen women walk off of stage with like a big old, oh yeah. Yeah, it was you. big. One of the okay. things that I did, one <laughs> of the things that I did like about it that I miss is um, it was really easy to organize all my stuff because they're yeah. like little compartments and stuff. Yeah. So now when you walked in with that, did you walk in with that day one? No, no, I didn't invest in it right away. I brought a bag and just like didn't bring a lot and like kept what was important on me. On you. Okay. Um, but after like, I don't know, like a month or so, I was like, well, I'm doing this. Like, yeah. I don't want my shit stolen. So I guess I'm ready to invest, which it only costs like, I don't know, like 25 bucks. But I was like, right. okay, now we can invest. <laughs> I feel like it's, a yeah, I feel like it's almost, that's the reason I asked is because like, I could see walking in on day one and being the only one with one and having them be like, what are you doing? <laughs> For those of you listening, it was a legit toolbox. It was like Home Depot, uh, Cabela's, uh, you know, it was one step short of a camouflage box is what she just showed us. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's, I mean, it makes total sense. And you got outfit changes potentially and uh maybe different uh, shoes could probably fit in there maybe maybe not stripper heels but uh, i i actually did fit stripper heels in there but yeah. i also never wear them aha uh -huh. what do you a converse uh, uh chucks or uh flats I, or what do you what do you roll I, I used to have converses they're really beat up but um i mostly wear bands now i have some yeah. bands I was looking into um, getting a new set of Converse's sometime soon, but yeah, I, ro I rock like skater shoes. And some of that is that it's easier. And some of it is that it hurts less. And also I am incredibly short and people, so a lot of people love that. And I, that gets taken away from me if I wear the stripper heels. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 You have that uniqueness about you that, I mean, that's a big part of, um, sort of the intrigue of a club I think that some people don't think about of like when I'm in a club anywhere in the country and I look around and in a way of like you're sort of looking at who you might want to get a dance from and uh, mm -hmm. choosing that and um, I'm I'm always like interested to watch like oh he finds her very attractive um he finds that interesting or she finds that interesting or attractive or fun whereas and i don't always say not attractive because i've not ever seen a stripper that i was like not a, didn't find attractive but that uh that short would be something that some people would be like oh yeah that is my thing and i really well, I mean, some of it is that they're specifically looking for short, but some of it is also about standing out. I mean, like anything that you can do to uh, differentiate yourself from the other dancers is helpful. Like sometimes I'll even be like, oh, there's another girl wearing all red. I wanted to wear this, but not today. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, it's something and also like not only am I the shortest girl in the room, almost always, um, but I'm the only one half the time rocking you know skate shoes right. um, and uh but there are dudes who like they're i see i meet short dudes very short dudes who they love that i'm short because i'm the only girl that they're like looking over but i also meet incredibly tall dudes who are like they just love that they feel like they're towering over me so you know like if it works it works yeah. and then i don't have to wear heels and I think that's uh, that's a it speaks to maybe just the general, not just in a strip club, but just general in life. Hey, uh, maybe just what you are, like, is what you should be. And it's uh, and there's a lot of people who are gonna find that uh, not just looks and but but interesting. So don't not be, don't try and not be yourself. Um, and if you're in the club, are we talking? What are we talking? Are you for? Are we for? four something or five something i'm not that bad uh i am <laughs> not bad it's not bad <laughs> with the four four uh i'm not that short uh okay. i am just under five feet like i am four eleven and three quarters so like just under five feet 
Gotcha. Well, that's what I meant. Four. I didn't mean four, four, four foot something <laughs> or five foot something is what I was going. Oh, you are in I'm, the fours. All right. I'm technically in the fours. It's by a quarter inch, but yes. Wow. That it used short. to be that I would round up, but now that I'm working that short thing, I round down. <laughs> right. I love yeah, it. I'm under five foot. Uh, that's great. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious, especially since you're a baby stripper, you said, and, uh, you were worried about the dancing part. How is that? It's just all on the job, except that I think I see behind you maybe a That pole. is a pole. That is absolutely a pole. So I had taken like a very tiny smattering of some pole uh, classes before dancing. Um, and I still take lessons to this day, I have two different girls who are both strippers who give me lessons. I have one right now giving me in-person pole-based lessons, like learning tricks, because that's her specialty. And also she's willing to do in-person with masks. And it's like, especially with doing a pole move, it's really helpful to have somebody who can help you get into that position if you really need to learn the muscle memory and also spot you if you're afraid. Um, and then I also have another wonderful girl who she's really good at like these flowy movements. She's very dance based because she's been in dance her entire life. And I'm doing um, lessons with her as well because I just I'd love to emulate her. She's incredibly graceful and beautiful with her dancing. But yeah, so I had the tiniest bit of like experience before that. But yeah, no, I pretty much learned on the job but one of the things that I learned on the job was one you're killing time up there a lot of the time especially if you're on a slower shift you're just killing time and also dudes don't necessarily care or know if you're good they're there to see you naked <laughs> they're like because my first set I'm so terrified I go up there I have a couple people on my rack which was great um and I fell off the pole just a little bit, like not a lot, but enough that if you were really paying attention and knew anything, you would know. And like nothing bad happened. I still got yeah. tipped. And I'm actually so happy that that happened because pretty quickly it taught me. I was like, oh, like it really doesn't matter what I do up here. Like guys are going to love it if I'm getting naked. And I, it's like there's obviously more to it than that. But like when you break it down, they just want to look at a pretty woman. Right. And if you, um, you know, there's, I mean, you, if you handle it well, if you're, I mean, even humor and I mean, from my experience and even some humor in a club, uh, is fun for people. And it's sort of like, I, I know what you mean about like, Oh, it was nice to have that one mistake on like one of my first shifts or first shift because it's just like, Oh, well, if, if it's, if I'm thinking, well, what's the worst that could happen? And it, and and one of the worst things I could think happened happened on my first shift, uh, and uh, I still got money. Oh, okay, well, great. And that's the way. And then <clears throat> a lot of people don't think about like getting trained in stand up. We talk about it as being like, oh, you don't getting lessons or learning from somebody or taking classes is terrible in stand up. Uh, and I am always kind of like, because I used to teach high school too and coach sports i'm always like i mean the best athletes in the world have you know coach like coaches and the best golfers have swing coaches um so i mean the idea that it's not but we talk about it in stand-up is like learning from people for free like don't pay people to learn just learn by experiencing with other people um but i think art forms i think they're valuable so maybe uh maybe we should change our tune and be like look keep Getting better, keep learning, keep paying. Absolutely. But if, and there, that, there's value in that. And um, so that's cool that you're doing that. And Well, I mean, for me, some of it is also that like, I like to take lessons to learn more because I just, I, when I started, I fell in love with absolutely everything about stripping. And some of that is dance and pull tricks. And so I want to get better because it could possibly theoretically make me more money. It doesn't always, um, but also because I just really enjoy the process of learning more. And also for me, I'm, I'm paying two separate strippers and I love 
connecting myself back to and involving myself more in the sex worker community like it just means a lot to me so yeah yeah i'm uh, i i think i'm on board totally i think that's great and i think and so if you're um if if what is you said you fell in love with everything but what is that to you like what is the everything about stripping that you fell in love with because some people are like don't get that you know they're like what do you mean you like the money like i don't get what you mean you fell in love with everything so i'm gonna have to give a little bit on my background before stripping sure. to explain that so i before coming to portland i got my degree in social work i have a bachelor's and um I, at the time I was pretty sure I didn't want to do anything in that. So I did some other various work before I burnt out on those things. And I was like, okay, I, I feel like I need to do something that means something to me. I guess I'll go back to that work and give it a try. And admittedly, the work that I did was what I had enjoyed the most before that. Like it was the best job that I had so far. Um, and with a bachelor's in social work, there's actually not a lot that you can do. You get paid pretty shit. Um, which is part of why people burn out. I mean, it's tough work regardless, so you're gonna burn out. But, um, and I worked in residential facilities specifically for a long time. I worked at one for people with severe mental illnesses and addictions. They had to have both. Um, and uh, that meant that uh, we basically had a lot of clients with schizophrenia and or some kind of diagnosis that presented very similar to schizophrenia. And so... I, I learned a lot of valuable skills doing that. Um, it's a lot about just making people feel cared about and really getting to know them. And I started stripping and I was doing the same thing. I was doing the same thing, but I could be more myself and share more. And I was getting paid better for it. I got to make my own schedule. I got to decide what I wear. I got to decide who I interacted with. I got to express myself artistically. I was constantly surrounded by music, which I love music and dance. I always have. I got to dance. I'm basically paid to just hang out, have fun. Like I'm an entertainer, you know? And it was absolutely fantastic. And the other thing that I like to say, I once said, <laughs> um, I once said this to a client, I'm essentially, I'm an intimacy provider. That's what I provide for people. And therapy and or counseling or social work, a lot of that is what you're providing. You're providing a feeling of intimacy because you're paying attention to a person, you're giving um, what they might call unconditional positive regard. That's a very social worky term. Like uh, <laughs> uh, but you're essentially just like making that person feel seen, heard, and cared for. And in stripping, I was doing the same thing, but there was more of a give and take. I could tell them about myself more. So it just, for me, that was like, perfect. It was exactly what I always wanted because, um, the one thing that I've always really cared about, um, is community. I really care about the interconnections of people. And that's another thing that I loved about stripping was not only was there this feeling of give and take with the client base, but I really fell in love with the Portland stripping and sex work community. I have never felt more connected to a community than I have now that I've started stripping. So, you know, it was all of those things. That's great. I have two, I think, pretty big questions. Don't want to forget either one. So the second one is about the Portland stripping community and the sex work community. So don't let me forget that. But the first is, do you think in the social work world, it would be possible or beneficial or valuable to have more of the give and take? Or is it just not possible um, because so, of the mental? The some of it, or, or yeah, or or the ethics, or you know, whatever. Most of it is ethics, and also that like, which the ethics are there for a reason, and I appreciate them, and I understand them. Um, the ethics are there, and you have to follow that. But some of it, I lost my train of thought. 
but yeah so it's mostly it's mostly an ethical thing yeah um that you're not allowed to do that uh but also there are like conflicts of interest you know you don't want that do i think oh i remember where i was going with this there is a position that's sort of like social work that allows for a little bit more give and take it's called a peer support specialist which is essentially a job where you get to have it because you've experienced something like what the clients are experiencing and that can be somebody who's experienced addiction somebody who's experienced an eating disorder mental health issues sometimes it's not even that they've experienced it themselves sometimes it's that someone in their family has experienced those things and that one has a little bit more give and take so there's definitely a role for bringing your own experience to it but it's not about bringing your personality and um that is what i do in my role as a stripper is i bring as much of me as i can yeah that's interesting that's great and if i'm if is there a way you could describe your personality you know like if i was to go to the club and sure i'll see you dance and dance well but then now you're on the floor and we're you know What's your personality that you get to bring? <laughs> so, I mean, you love music. Um, you said that's interesting. Yeah, I love music. I'm I'm a very straightforward person. I'm also very sarcastic. Okay. Um, and you know, like a big part of my personality <laughs> is uh, I really I really listen to people, and so like that's the social work thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which I find works really, really well. I also would like, I, I don't want to say this. I've been avoiding saying this because I have some, um, what they would call imposter syndrome about this. Uh, but I would say that I provide girlfriend experience. Uh-huh. I actually recently had someone point that out to me. Um, and like, it was really validating when a friend of mine said that, because I was like, I've been trying to explain to people like what I'm doing. But yeah, I provide girlfriend experience. Um, and some of that is that like, I really, I really enjoy people. So like, I've noticed that I, I naturally reflect people, I naturally do mirroring. Um, I like somebody recently was talking to me about they're like you don't consume any media like what do you like and I'm like I tend to consume the kind of media that people around me in my life somehow are consuming like I have consumed a lot of various types of horror because my ex-husband was a total horror junkie and then like right now I um I tend to like experience a lot of comedy things because one of my partners is a total comedy nerd. Um, and I just kind of like, I deep dive into people. That's interesting. That's, that's, uh, because, um, did, do you, is that known about you? The media thing? Is that why people ask that question or is that something? No, I think I was just, I was getting to know a coworker and they like, they wanted to talk to me about things and they're like, well, what do you like? And I'm like, I like people <laughs> dancing. I go on walks. I, I do poll. Like, this is what I do. <laughs> people ask about hobbies and I'm just like, I don't, I, I guess I have some, I do poll. Like I yeah. do my work. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, and when you love your work that much, it's, uh, it can consumes the wrong word, but it can, um, envelop you and you're okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really grateful to be happy in my work. Right. I'm glad you brought up the girlfriend experience before I did just because you were hesitant, but that is the title of your Instagram, not the handle, but the title. And I don't know, how did you do that? How do you do that different script? I don't know how to do that. (laughs) I don't actually remember. Okay. Um, Oh, I know it's you go into the name section because I used to have my full stage name, which is Sage Hunter. Um, And Sage Hunter happened largely because um, afterwards, uh, after starting a Sage, I decided that I might try Hunter for a little bit. I thought that that sounded hot as fuck. Mm. Um, And I tried it out at like a club that I was a new club that I was trying. And every time I said it, I just hated it. I absolutely <laughs> hated it. But I was like, that's a good last name, which it's helpful to have a full stripper name. 
Um, mm-hmm. But it used to be that my name on Instagram was Sage Hunter. And if you want to have another name, you just go into the name section and put that up. And when somebody uh, pointed out to me that what I do is very much like and similar to girlfriend experience, I decided that's what I would change my name to because I'm trying to put that out there. Right. Because, uh, yeah, I'm happy to provide that to people. And it's somewhat niche. Like everybody has to have their thing. Right. I've never been the party girl type of stripper. Like that just doesn't work for me. I am the girl who really gets to know you. Gotcha. And yeah. then you fall in love with her. <laughs> and has that, uh, does that happen frequently? <laughs> Absolutely. I okay. tend to regulars pretty well. Gotcha. Um, and then you, um, let's see. I'm going to get to the, the strip club community, stripper community in Portland. But you said one of your partners, do you, uh, what is your, how do you approach that dating or, or, or having partners in Portland? Um, or do you want to talk about that? <laughs> I would love to talk about that. Okay. So, um, yeah, I've been, I don't know, poly, non-monogamous for a while. I had a very theoretically open relationship with my ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Um, he had sort of the one dick policy. Um, and th- it was always like, we'll get around to it if um, you ever want to see a, a man. And uh, like when that started, I didn't think that I wanted to see men, but stripping weirdly enough, I know this is not the experience of a lot of people, but stripping made me like men. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. I think it's that it humanized them to me more. And also I, it changed the power dynamic for me, but, um, I'm no longer with my ex-husband. So I have a lot more freedom and a lot more ability to have autonomy over my life and my love life. And I have a couple different people that I see. Gotcha. Um, Some people would call it solo poly because I don't have a primary partner. I might in the future choose to have a primary partner, but now I don't. And I have, you know, one of them I see more often than the others, but that's just kind of like, that's where our relationship is at. And that's what's convenient for us right now. Right, right. Um, and that for listeners, for me even is, is, uh, not, I'm curious because I haven't practiced that. Do you, when you say see like, um, stay at their place, uh, like, 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 uh, like you would, if it was a partner who was your only partner, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like. I have go people that, go, go ahead. Yeah. I have people that I spend time at their house because, um, for various reasons over the past year, my house has not been a place to stay. Okay. And now because I have a small room and wanted the pole, I have a twin bed. So no one is coming over anytime <laughs> soon. I, I mean, like theoretically we can fit. I've had some partners be like, it would be fine. And I'm like, I'm not in college anymore. We're not <laughs> fitting in my twin bed. Got it. Um, but, uh, so I have people that I'll spend the night at with and, um, you know, we go on little dates. Sometimes we have sex, you know, it's just, it's typical relationship stuff. It's just not necessarily, I feel like in some ways it's less intense, less often, you know? Right. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I shouldn't say how, I mean, when I, so I got a divorce about six years ago and she was the only person at that point that I had slept with. That's at wild. 30, at 34 That's years wild. Old. Yeah, yeah. At 34 years old. So, because uh, we waited till our wedding night. We was the whole, the whole thing. And uh, so I kind of hit the ground running. Um, <laughs> well, I wanted to, but I didn't think I was going to be able to because I had zero experience, not just sleeping with people, but getting from meeting them to sleep like (laughs) to sleeping with them that i had never done it um not once in fact i went to um some seattle strip clubs just to sort of learn like to talk to a woman absolutely uh, who i I found really attractive not just a woman and then uh 
because when you're married, it's easy to talk to to women who know both of you, because sex isn't on the table. It's not even an option. And so I, be, I was good at that. And then, but I, what, I didn't know if I'd be good. And then, so sex still wasn't on the table when I was talking to strippers at a club, but I did find them very attractive, so that dynamic helped. And then being on the road doing stand-up comedy was what made the difference because as much as, uh, it was almost like your story of like <laughs> falling off the pole a little bit. Like yeah. very, the very first person I slept with didn't see me perform stand-up that night. Uh, I met them at the club and they knew that I was a comedian. So maybe that played a role in them finding me interesting, but they hadn't seen my act or seen me perform or see me on stage. And so that gave me a lot of confidence of like, oh, I don't need, to, it's not like, like a comedian yeah. person that I just met. And um you're like, I don't but, have to be perfect. I don't have to be something interesting in order for right. this to happen. Right. Um, but doing comedy on the road definitely did help uh, <laughs> future experiences. But um, so, yeah, so that was my um, uh, interesting sort of like conservative. It wasn't even growing up conservative. It was me choosing it in high school. Um, I don't know if they have young life down in Florida. Probably not. But uh, I, I think so. I don't know, though. Yeah, my, family, uh, my family left Christianity pretty early. Okay. All right. Thank God. My, my dad was like, you're not going to drink till you're 21 and you're not going to have sex till you're what What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love that. I'm like five foot five. I'm 140 pounds. I just, I don't know. I just don't think anybody is interested or whatever. So, um, so yeah, so I had a, I had an interesting several years right after the divorce. And then, so I've, experience a similar i think thing um but i didn't really define it as anything i just was like nobody ever questioned it because i was like i was married you know i was the same person from 17 to 33 or 34 so everybody was like well yeah just sow your wild oats and so i never had to like <laughs> i never had to like say this is what i'm doing you know i just nobody ever even like that I no partners that I had ever even really questioned it they were never like hey are we gonna date <laughs> I mean like, and admittedly I would say that I'm dating them um and but the other thing is like this whole like and I've I've talked to some people about this and including one of my partners who's we have a significant age gap um and like essentially what I've heard is like this is a new age thing like talking about polyamory and talking about like you know non-monogamy so some right. of it also might have to do with that but yeah and Portland and you know and that's absolutely uh, mm -hmm. um, and on that note so you are you 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 mentioned the community you love the stripping community the sex work community um you don't have to talk about this, but do you only participate in the stripping part of the sex work community besides, uh, besides friendships and, um, and, and, you know, relationships? Well, so you, I mean, you don't really do online anything you were saying. I, okay. So, I mean, I used to do OnlyFans, and I just uh -huh. absolutely hated it. Okay. I hate I hate making content. I hate making content so much. I even hate you literally put your head in your hand. When you said uh, yeah, I did. I hate, I hate taking selfies even I'm uh, good at it and I'll do it. But like, I hate it. The new thing that I'm doing on my Instagram is I'm digging up like old photos, like old, like I found a photo of me the first time I ever got on a poll and it's definitely going on my Instagram sometime soon. But okay. I'm like, let me deep dive into weird old content that people might like because I don't want to have to take any more selfies. But yeah. and I especially hated making like solo porn of myself. There's just absolutely nothing interesting about it to me. And it's just making content is a lot of work. You have to do things over and over again. It's not it's not pleasant. And also with OnlyFans, like you have to do a lot for very little. It's very exhausting. Right. I have done OnlyFans. Um, I have sold content. I still sell content sometime. I don't know. I sold content at least within the last month. And by content, I mean pictures and videos. I mostly sell pictures. 
because like I said, I don't really like making solo porn of myself. So I'd rather just hand you some nudes. Um, but I tend, like, I don't have a site where I sell it on. Like, it's just somebody hits me up and then I'll be like, all right, well, this is the package I got. Do you want it? And I'll sell them some nudes. But I also recently started making partnered porn because someone wonderful in the community, we've been flirting online forever. And, um, she, she posted a picture of herself. Uh, this is, um, Valentine, her Instagram is Von Betty. Uh, we've been flirting online forever. And she, within the past couple months, posted a picture of herself with a strap on harness and was like, who am I going to strap this year? I need to put in some work or something like that. And so <laughs> okay. flirting, flirting, I was just like, don't tempt me. Um, and she eventually, we were talking about something else in my direct messages with her. And she's like, oh, by the way, like, if you want to make some content, I would love to like strap you. Um, which the funny thing is, is when we made the, the content, we didn't even get to the strap on, but that's okay. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and what's really funny is eventually she asks me about it and she's like, oh, so like we were having like a conversation about boundaries and stuff. And she's like, so is there any place that you want to post it? And I was like, yeah, you know, I don't really do online stuff. So no. And she goes, she's like, so you just wanted to have sex with me. And I was like, you got it. <laughs> Caught me. But um, that was a fantastic experience, actually. And I've always thought that I might enjoy making porn more if I had a partner that I was like somewhat interested in. And so I'm ready to explore that a little bit more with some new people. So I do. I clearly do things other than stripping. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, you said that there's that small world and uh, this person was someone you'd been flirting with in DM. So that's how you connected. Um, you work with a bunch of strippers, clearly. What else uh, community-wise do you engage in? Um, I mean, are there events? Are there, I, yeah, I'm curious, to see, especially in Portland. So there are definitely like events, like for example, because um, I was friends with one stripper who bought, brought in their um, partner who was a DJ for another club to like meet me and the DJ, she really liked me. Um, she ended up uh, inviting me to a event at one of the local sex clubs where they had, it's called Velvet Rope and they had Velvet Strip. So it was a night that they brought in strippers for entertainment for the sex club, um, things like that. But a lot of it is just that I have built so many more friendships and connections since entering the strip stripping community. Um, which not to say that I didn't have friendships or community before then it just wasn't as interwoven. Um, and I really, I just really love that about the stripping community. Yeah. And probably just, you know, the like mind, like mindedness of it must be really attractive to just feel like. Some of it I think is also the camaraderie, like you see a lot of camaraderie in like, word. yeah, you see a lot of that in the service industry. For example, I've never personally worked in the service industry. I've been in some other things, uh, other than social working, like I talked about, I've been in like retail and I did house cleaning for a really long time. Um, but I had never been in the service industry myself. I've known a lot of people in it. I tip well, don't worry. Um, but there's a lot of camaraderie there. And I've heard about people really enjoying that. And we technically kind of are a part of the service industry, but we're kind of more the entertainment industry. It's sort of like this combo. Um, and so experiencing that for the first time, because there's like, there's camaraderie in social work, but some of it is also that with those residential facilities, you don't have as many people that you're interacting with as within the stripping community. And it's not like various different um, facilities are like hanging out together. Um, so it just wasn't the same kind of experience, even though there's definitely camaraderie with your coworkers because you are going through some hell in social work. Yeah, yeah. At least in the kind that I did. Yeah. Uh, comedy, very, very similar to, to what you're describing for the stripping and sex work community and just uh, yeah 
there's camaraderie, but uh, there's uh, competition too because we directly. I wouldn't imagine that in sex workers and stripping, it feels as much like if you get something, then I don't get that thing um, because we work at different clubs or uh, people have different, you know. But in comedy, it's like if that comedian gets that gig, that show, that whatever, I don't. So there's definitely a lot of like. Well, I mean, we actually too, we have we have both. And to be fair, I'm talking about how I love the stripping community. Some of it is that I'm at good clubs. I've worked at other clubs um, and I won't. You don't have to. I won't necessarily name names, but I worked at one club where it was very competitive and there were some other things that made me feel like I just wasn't in control of my own choices. And I eventually, I literally just walked out on the shift. Not like, I mean, I've left shifts early before, but I was just like, I didn't even ask permission. I was just like, I'm leaving. And actually, in fact, I packed up my stuff, went to talk to the bouncer and he was like, you should tell the manager. And the manager is striding up and she looks at me and she's like, so what do you think you're doing or something like that? And I just looked her dead in the eyes and I was like, I just don't think this is working out as the right club for me. I don't think I'm coming back. And that completely shut her up. But um, it was a very competitive environment and there was very much the feeling of like, if you get this, I don't. And some of that was that they scheduled way too many girls. And they also had this like cutthroat rate of giving you the good shifts. So you had to like make enough money in order to get the good shifts. Um, and that just set people up to be catty, to be cutthroat. And that was not an enjoyable experience. And I will never go back to a situation like that. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you found, uh, these, these great places to work. And, um, and when you are working, um, are you, uh, do you feel like the customers and the patron, like, do you have to train them or do you feel like in Portland people kind of have a sense of how to be a good patron and good customer or um is it i mean obviously again like you're describing but the the environment and the people at the top and the way that the security acts and behaves all affects it but um what do we what should we know as a customer coming to the clubs that you work at so um it's a little bit of both and unfortunately like you also like you're just gonna get people who aren't gonna do good etiquette but aren't gonna do so bad that you have like you can eject them um my least favorite thing is people who find a way to like sit in the corner and not tip at all um because they're at least not watching the stage but i'm like dude go go to a real bar go to a regular bar if you aren't here to tip ladies so my number one thing would be don't walk into a strip club if you don't want to make money. I mean, even when I come to like my own strip club, just because I want to grab a drink with like regulars or see my friends or whatever, like I come with at least, even if it's a small amount, I come with a small amount at very least to tip the girls. Like even if it's just $2 for every girl, which I would suggest a lot more for somebody who isn't another stripper. Right. Um, even if it's at least $2 for every girl, on like set like on shift like you got it you're, you're there you're getting entertainment and if you didn't want to get entertainment you could have gone to a regular bar where your entertainment is the fellow patrons and your bartender um so that would be the number one thing I would say is that like come in with the intention to spend money even if you you know like it's okay to have a budget but come in with the intention to spend money on the girls not just on drinks um we are working and we don't we don't get paid hourly or anything like that. Um, and we usually also, we have a stage fee. We have to tip out people. And, you know, a great thing is, is come in and pay girls stage fees. We tip everyone. Um, but yeah, we have both. Sometimes we'll get brand new people. Um, something that I also see is people who come in with the experience of like other strip clubs, because with Portland, um, Portland strip club culture is just a little bit different. Every club has different rules. Some places it's like, okay to make contact with dancers. 
others it's not. Hawthorne Strip, where I work, is um, a club where you're not allowed to touch the dancers. Um, even in private dances, though right now we're not having traditional lap dances because of COVID. Um, and because there's the no touching the dancer policy, like it's very awkward if you get somebody who comes up to your stage and thinks they can slip like a dollar into your, you know, G-string or whatever, which like, the thing is, is the policy is a little bit weird. Like essentially if the con dancer makes contact with you first, that's of course, okay. That's not to say you're going to get yelled at if a dancer puts her arm around you. Right. Uh, Cause that would just be ridiculous. But, um, so it's always interesting to have people who come in and they have their own ideas about what strip club culture is because they come from another place. And sometimes you have to train those people, <laughs> um, which I've definitely heard of people coming from like other areas where they think they can just like slap a girl's ass right away. And I'm just like that. No, that's not okay. So right. My other thing would be when you walk into a strip club, regardless of where you've been or what you've seen on TV or whatever, like, don't assume the rules, like ask, look around, watch what's happening before you make decisions about what you can and can't do other than literally putting down money, which by all means, put down money, put down as much money as you want, put down lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> But other than that, like, don't make assumptions about what you can and can't do. And also some of it is like different areas of the country, different clubs, what isn't, isn't acceptable. But the other thing is like different dancers have different levels of comfortability. They have different boundaries. So you should definitely be checking in with dancers about what isn't, isn't okay. Absolutely. And that, uh, and it's just in general, I mean, that's the conversation around sex in general in our country that evidently people are still learning um, how to do and not realizing that it can be really sensual and sexy and um, uh, attractive to to speak in that way to people. Um, you can be flirty about it. Right. And... Um, and so people, uh, people need to learn that. And I'm glad people are listening to this. Hopefully, I, I don't know who our listeners are. I have no idea. <laughs> I did. Uh, I, I'm convinced that it's mostly people who are strippers, which then <laughs> defeats a lot of the purpose of what we're doing here. But that's okay. I, I love that it would be strippers listening. But, um, but this will be a, a season two uh, coming out. I thought, this, I thought the whole thing was going to be over. And it's not now that people are a little more experienced in doing the virtual interviews. And I am as well. I hope this sounded good the whole time. It's been giving me problems lately. But uh, you're so interesting. I hope people come and visit you live and go to Hawthorne Strip and uh, Pirates Cove. Cove. Pirates Cove. Um, next time I'm in Portland, I will 100% for sure. And... Um, Follow Sage on Instagram at little bit of Sage, but with periods in between each word, or just give her money on Venmo or Cash App at little bit of Sage. I think that's a great idea. Um, and uh, you, I, I'm, I, I hope everything's going great for you, just in life and in general. And uh, I mean, I hope you get a queen bed here. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Maybe um, one day I'll get a bigger room. <laughs> and uh yeah i mean we don't i don't like to i know it's an elephant in the room so, and i don't like to spend the whole time talking about it but um COVID has obviously changed what you're doing and uh but your but your club's open and you're working and it's uh it's decent it's okay it's great yeah yeah, yeah. no um i have found a way to survive somehow um and it definitely has changed things. It's changed the money, but also for whatever, well, there's probably one really big reason. Uh, Hawthorne Strip is becoming more popular, which I think is fantastic. And some of that is that we used to have another um, strip club within walking distance. Like it took a minute to walk there. And it was a larger club, like at least in literal like space. Um, and uh, that one, unfortunately, for the stripping community closed down with COVID, which they also like their lot was being built on and they were likely going to have to close down eventually either anyway. 
Um, but that club is closed. And so now, at least for a certain amount of area, we are the nearest strip club. And also some people are probably still trying to go back to that particular strip club um, and finding that it's not there and ending up at Hawthorne. But yeah, it's a, it's a little up and coming club. Oh, and I'm happy great. to be there. Yeah. Right. Great, great, great. Well, I'm sure they love having you. Uh, you sound like a great person. So uh, well, I'll visit when I'm down there and hopefully it'll be soon because I love the two comedy clubs there. So fingers crossed on that. And I pass through all the time too. So uh, stick around for a second after I press stop, but uh, follow our Patreon for the bonus content, including the video. And again, a little bit of Sage on Instagram with periods in between each word. Uh, thank you so much. Great talking to you.